Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is one host, Petey Steele. And another host, Elena Torres. And we're back for the solo ride. This is the free solo 2020 edition. We're talking New Year's stuff. You know, we kind of made it a late thing. Everybody else does their fucking New Year's stuff on January 1st. We just decided to let the ball get rolling and to see, you know, what goals we may have had for the New Year's, how they're progressing, accruing, the True. snowball effect, and now we're going to comment on that shit and True. check in, you know what I mean? True. Yeah, I was gone for basically the whole month of January doing the motherhood thing, Salute. which I'm still doing, yep. but yeah, we wanted yeah. to, yeah, yeah, she's right here. She's our guest today. She's asleep. About, Hi, Sonia. Yeah, two feet Wah. from the... Hi, baby. Wah. She's She's behaving. What? Um, yeah, so we just wanted to talk about, you know, come back just the two of us and talk a little bit about 2020 and our plans and how how's it's been going and just check in a little bit. Absolutely. Pity, did you have New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I got four big ones that I've broken down into like micro okay. stuff of ways I'm going to plan them. See, because we're my discipline in mental health, we have what are known as like SMART goals. It's okay. an acronym for... No, specific, measurable, attainable. Um, specific, measurable, attainable. Ran, not random. Um, rationed out and I think time sensitive or something okay. like that. But at any rate, you need to break down and meet those criteria for goals insofar right. as making it piecemeal. Because you just try to take it from the abstract sense. You know, you're in danger of not having the nuts and bolts together and a plan in place to make them happen and then you can just do nothing if you don't achieve that full goal on any one given day and then blow it off and you get into the grounds of yeah. procrastinating. I know yeah. that's how my mind works. I mean, I think most people, it's, yeah. so, it's easy, you know, like when the ball drops to be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and then everyday life comes at you and mm-hmm. you forget. Sure. So I think that's smart you know, time sensitive. I, I, you know, I forget the acronym yeah. now, but I think it's good to set like realistic goals for yourself. That might have been what the R is for. Realistic. Let's just say hey, I like that. Yeah, realistic because you know, I mean, again, Even realistic that could be attainable too. Exactly. Exactly. Hands <laughs> for, but uh, but yeah. So my big four. I mean, I want to make sure I exercise like an hour a day. So, Every day. Yeah. Seven days a week. Yeah. And some, wow. I mean, not always like hard. Like some days it'll be walking or something okay. like that. Okay. You know, but just something to make sure that I do that so that I can drop some poundage. You know, be in shape. When I'm doing that, I'm sleeping better. I put on better shows. Totally. All of that makes your brain work faster. Yeah. You'll yeah. sleep better. I want to get my savings up to a certain number that I can't disclose on Petey's on that savings game. Petey's got the savings. I've seen him show off oh, those yeah. savings. Pe- Petey's savings is something else. Yeah, you can ask Rose Vineshank. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was in there a couple of years ago. But, yeah. but I made it last year. I had a goal, a target last year, and I made it. So now I'm going to up that thing. And so far, so good. That's awesome. Um, another thing, uh, I want to get a new hour. A full hour. Full hour, you know. Okay. I'm I'm really at the point where I wouldn't say I'm tired of my jokes, but I'm tired of telling them the same routine all the time or just switching it up. Like I feel like I'm rearranging deck chairs and it's not totally it comes from a fear of taking what 
small amount of status I've accrued on this scene and using it to maintain it, you know, by and doing the same things I know are going to work versus right. trying new shit and bombing and not wanting to do the work. Because I've right. been able to coast for a while off inspiration and just saying, oh yeah, that's a hot bit that hit me at work one day. Bam, that's nice, but that only hits maybe like that inspiration, I mean, only hits like once or twice a year, three mm-hmm. times a year, and then what are you going to do with the other stuff? I need to like sit down and write out some shit right. and go up and see if it has legs or doesn't, and if I bomb, so fucking what? I mean, I yeah. can tell myself that every day. It's very hard. It's I don't really like doing that. Yeah, but, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But but I've seen what happens when you don't do that, and you coast, you think you're getting by, but then people surpass you that once were you know right not your peers I right don't look down on them or nothing but yeah i used to be able to look down on them. and they're kind of going what the fuck's going there on there are some strong <laughs> strong new people oh, yeah. in the dc comedy scene like there's some people that are about like the year and a half mark yeah. of doing comedy they're about like they're like a year and a half or two behind me and they're like a year and a half two years in yeah i mean they are really strong yeah. there's like three or four people that are like I've noticed. Very serious. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, and I'm cool with all of them. Don't take it the yeah. wrong way. I pick their brains, but I also got to think of, you know, how I'm going to lead off with this guy behind me or follow him. If, I mean, it you helps know. make you better. Like, yeah. if you've been at it longer and you see someone who's been doing it less, just absolutely crushing it, you got to be like, okay, well, I have to step my game up. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom mm-hmm. line. So that was the third goal. And then my fourth goal, let me see here. Oh, I had some shit. The big four. The big four. I can't do more than that or I'll just not make any of them. Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right, now this content is kind of sucking him. <laughs> He's looking through his phone. He doesn't even remember his New Year's resolutions. Uh, yeah, well, you got to write them down. It's yeah. true. It's true. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, and to be good at work. My okay. Real, real work. Okay. You know, make sure I'm there a lot more. Right. Uh, make sure when I'm there, I'm on point. The cylinders are fucking firing. Right. I'm more of an asset than a liability. Right. Not that I was being a liability, but I wasn't as good as I you know, as you could have been. Should be. Okay. Yeah. And that's important to recognize in yourself too. Yeah. So it all fits together. Like when I'm, you know, on top of that, I'm on top of the gym and I'm on top of my money and everything. The comedy, mm-hmm. perfect too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And vice versa. When you're being your best self, yeah. basically in all areas, all areas sort of like come through together. All the pieces fall into place. Right. What right. do you got for goals? I have them written down back it better here. better be the same as mine, goddammit. <laughs> There's my my goal game is so strong. Get ready. Um, basically, like, see, I make a big list every year. Oh shit! Um, wow, you got a lot. Yeah, but they're all kind of like small goals within a few okay. greater idea. Like, the big goal for me in 2020 is 2020 is a recovery year for me since yeah. I spent most of 2019 being pregnant and not feeling well physically and mentally. It really slowed me down toward the end. Mm-hmm. And having a baby is a crazy. Here, here she is waking yeah, up. It's a, it's a crazy. And, oh, and my dog. Um, it's a. Dude, they're feeding off each other. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, 
it's a crazy experience. And so figuring my life out and recovering from all that is the greatest goal is recovery, both in getting back into shape. You know, I, I had to stop working now about four and a half months, about halfway through my pregnancy because I was so sick. It was just making me puke too often. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm big into working out and eating healthy and through my pregnancy, even though I, that was a goal of mine in pregnancy, I couldn't do it. Right. So I gained about 30 pounds oh in pregnancy. God. I've lost eight already, you know, through birth and being able to work out the past few weeks, but I've got 22 pounds left to lose. So that's a big goal is to get my body back in shape and through that, get my mind back in shape. Right. You know, I'm not sleeping that much, obviously right now with a newborn to be able to get her sleeping so that I can sleep. And comedically the pregnancy really affected my comedy because I realized as soon as I started doing comedy again this year that I was really using the pregnancy like a prop mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in comedy mm-hmm. basically like all the jokes I wrote we're from the moment that. I got pregnant were about pregnancy because it was such an intense pregnancy it felt like it was taking over my whole life and it was yeah. very therapeutic for me to write about it but now I have to throw out nine months worth of jokes do you, though? I mean, do yeah. you think you could bridge that there's, into, like... There's a couple. Like, I think there's a couple that that I can save, but mm-hmm. it's also not authentic anymore. That's you know? True. There's a, There's a couple that I've saved and kind of reworked that I, when I wrote them, I was like, at least I can build these over. But I'm such a different comedian than I, now than I was before I got pregnant. Yeah. Because I think especially, like, in the newer years, you grow so rapidly sure. every year. Sure. That... You know, now I'm three years in going on four. When I got pregnant, I was two years in going on three. That's a huge difference in where you are as far as writing jokes and performance-wise. So I feel like I have to recover a lot of my identity as a comedian, and I'm writing a lot of new jokes. And so I'm kind of in a weird spot. So my goal for 2020 is to get stronger than ever with new jokes and performance-wise where I don't rely on one thing the same way I sort of relied on my pregnancy yeah. you know create more of an identity of myself of, of a comedian that isn't necessarily just me in that moment mm-hmm. maybe so, get pregnant again oh my god <laughs> get it two dude. hours dude no 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 not not for a while i mean eventually sure but mm-hmm. not not for a while yeah. so i even and and it's been hard i even had to call a booker because i was on a show for a pretty long set this week and I had to call the booker and be like, look, I'm in this really weird spot comedically where I'm doing a lot of new shit. Like, I'm just going up, I'm doing everything is new. Mm-hmm. And I'm reworking and rewriting really old stuff. Right, right. So you're paying me to do this show, but I'm kind of in a weird spot. I don't know how well I'm going to do. Like, I need the time more than ever. But it's going to take me two or three months to sort of be able to recover and figure this out. And the booker was taught, was really understanding. He was like, you know what? We'll just cut your set down a little bit, time-wise. We'll still pay you. And we'll invite you back to do the long set again when we have another showcase in a few months. That makes sense. Wow. Which was really That's cool. That's really understanding. It's really understanding, but it's a, it was a really hard phone call to make because I was like, okay, either I don't say anything and I go do the show and I just won't. I'm just not in a spot where I'll do that well because I've only been full-on doing comedy for like a week and a half. Sure. Since I gave birth. Wow, I'm so, impressed how fast you uh, like bounced back. I thought you were going to be out for like three months or something. I was Not, out for two. Yeah. No, I know. But yeah. I mean, you told Thanks. me you were like, it's going to be through March or maybe April or something. And then what made you go back? Was it a FOMO thing or was it like a... No, I think it was for my own sanity. 
Because if, I mean, I love her and she's amazing, but yeah. when you're in baby land all day, yeah. it can, I think partially it can make you a worse mother. Because at least for me, like, I've never done this before. No. So I get really anxious yeah. about, you know, is this right? Is that right? Sure. I don't know what I'm, it's hard to get anxious when you're really busy. Yeah. Like you just, you know, it's you hard to get go. anxious about how you're swaddling her. Sure. When you have comedy to go do. Yeah, that's what they say, you know, you know, act your way into a new way of thinking. And you got to right. do that for anxiety at all different levels of, you know, tasks or dimensions right. and shit like that. Absolutely. Right. And there's no, the thing with parenting is there's no, uh, what I'm figuring out is that there's no right answer to do it. So my goal for 2020 isn't to be a good mother, it's to enjoy being a mother. Because mm-hmm. there's no right answer. I mean, yeah, there are right answers like don't abandon your kid and don't, <laughs> yeah. but for a lot of it, Everybody has like a thought or a mommy blog about every little step and every kid is different and you just got to enjoy it. And I wish there were more like, this is the exact way to do certain things with kids because that would help my anxiety more. But I think it gives you more anxiety to be like, is this right? And you ask Mm -hmm. doctors and other moms or whoever if it's right and everybody's giving you a different answer and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know how you'll do it. Like I have a bunch of young moms at work where Mm -hmm. I work sit them listen to them talk about their kids and their parenting tips and I'm like you motherfuckers can't be taking all this advice from each other like cause that is contradictory like all the time yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense it's contradictory and people <laughs> love to make moms feel like shit like when I was when she was five weeks do you so. think that's what that might just be is like brinksmanship like oh I took my kid to fucking like whatever this maybe that's right. you should do it even Mom though shaming. you know damn well that they don't even have the money to pay them to no 100%. shit like that. Wow. Mom shaming is a huge wow. huge culture. Get this. So 5 weeks after I had her, it was like crazy flu season time and when people came over, you came over, I wouldn't let anybody hold the baby because right. flu season was so bad and she hadn't had her shots yet. She's had them now. Right. But I was still hugging people and my immune system was down from giving birth and I got a cold. Right. And I had a baby nurse in the house those days. And it's really scary if the mother gets a cold because if a newborn that young gets a cold, it's like very, it's like life-threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got help in the house and I didn't touch the baby for five days until I got better. Mm. But the second day that I got the cold, I was like really freaked out. I didn't know what to do. So I went to the doctor and to, they tested me for the flu. It was just a cold, whatever. I went to the doctor, and then I had to call my pediatrician. And my mother-in-law was like, I am in Pilates class with one of the top pediatricians in D.C. You can get a second opinion from another pediatrician, right? Yeah. I called my pediatrician. My pediatrician was like, it's not the end of the world. Don't worry. It's just a cold. You don't have the flu. If you have to hold her, wear a mask, like a surgical mm-hmm. mask mm-hmm. and, like, gloves and try to avoid contact as much as possible. If anybody can help you out taking care of the baby, do that and I was like I haven't touched her for a couple days they were like sure I know it's hard for you because as a mother it's also like that's when you want to bond with your baby so I was like fine so then I call this other woman this is like a you know Ferrari Montgomery County (laughs) pediatrician Uh and I call her and I tell her my situation I was like ever since I started not feeling well I didn't touch the baby you know I haven't touched her yet because I want to make sure she doesn't get it and she was like well who is caring for your child I'm like, I've got a baby nurse in here helping me during this time because I'm sick. And she was like, well, I mean, that might be. 
but if you don't care for your baby at this time, it could have psychological consequences for the rest of her life. Mm. Wow. You have to bond with your baby. I'm like, for three or four days? She, and she was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I started crying. I was so upset. And I hung up and then I was like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because if the baby gets the cold, you know, yeah. five, uh, five days when the kid's five, week old, five weeks old, she's never going to remember. Right. And it's not like I'm leaving her alone. Like, she's, she was being very well cared for. Sure. I just wasn't with her because I didn't want her to get sick and possibly, like, die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, that would have been the most extreme, but, like, get something that could really she could really have for the rest of her life. But this bitch yeah. decided to tell me <laughs> that I was damaging my child because I got help for a few days. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's so... That's terrible mom shit that's just like designed to make you feel like shit and it took me a second to be like whoa hold on what do you think that lady's kids are like I have no idea you think she has any she does she does she does I know she does but she sent she sent on the phone but isn't that insane yeah and then the next day the next day I guess my mother-in-law saw her at Pilates and she was and she went up to my mother-in-law she was like I think I upset I upset your (laughs) daughter-in-law and my mother-in-law was like uh I don't know she, she was like, I tried to stay out of it, but I was like, yeah, how you don't say that. Yeah, no. To someone. It's so crazy. I, I mean, I've heard about that separation anxiety and all that, but right. like a few days, like I was left for months back in the day. Right. Like, well, because my mother was a professor, so she was doing mm-hmm. fellowships abroad. So right. Just me and my old man. And every right. now and then she'll tell me she has like a pang of regret about right. that and everything. Right. But I'm like, Hey, look at me. I'm like still living here, so obviously. And you're really close. Yeah, and you're close with your mom. (laughs) The bonding with your mom is not affected. Like even, even my mother-in-law. When I told her after that, she was like, she left my husband when he was two weeks old for two weeks to go on a buy because she was a buyer for a for a clothing company. She went to to a buying trip in Paris two weeks after he was born and. You know, he's super close with his mom. Like, it didn't affect their bonding at all. I don't think that had psychological consequences. Yeah. Like, in that Macaulay Culkin film, The Good Son, like, you know, Elijah Wood's dad left him for two weeks after his mom died for a business trip, and the kid helped the mom kill her kid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I never saw that movie. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah, seriously. It's a piece of shit. It was supposed to be a good book, actually, written by Ian McEwan. And then they totally bastardized his screenplay. Mm. And now he's so pissed he won't even, like, release the original galleys. Oh, really? Yeah, it kind of pisses me off because I like topic matter like that. The, the movie that's supposed to be great fun. about, like, horrible parenting is that movie Honey Boy, Shia LaBeouf's movie about his dad. Oh, I haven't seen that. Shia LaBeouf wrote it and he plays his own dad. It's based on his stage dad growing up. Yeah. And apparently it's crazy. Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, pretty... I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. Check it out. Is it in theaters now, or has it been empty? I think it was out, and then oh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna hold this down. She wants to let her presence known. Hold up, I'm coming. I'm coming. Baby is making some noise. I think she'll be fine. She'll be good. Good kid. I haven't seen her cry yet. Now, granted, I haven't been over here all that much since. She's pretty. Tell me a different story. She's pretty. (laughs) She's pretty scheduled. Like, yeah. you know, she feeds at certain times, she eats at certain times. So we've got it down to a science. We can pretty much figure out why she's crying. Like, right now I think she's crying because she probably needs to burp. Or she's just tired and woke herself up accidentally. Yeah, well, her parents are pretty 
reasonable and scheduled people I've found. That's that's true. More we'll so than that. most comics I know. Well, that's the beauty of the program. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. I feel right. That. So there are these twenty goals down here. All these? Now I know you said they're all kind of run. Like they're all based in that. Yeah, this is get back in shape is my number one. Oh, and my number two is submit tapes to more festivals and New York clubs and get out of the DC comedy bubble. That's my yeah. second one. That's great. To bring yeah. to to bring that little tripod and tape myself more. Because the thing is, like, I'll bring it sometimes, but then I'll get in my head because I'm taping right. the set. Right. I just need to tape all the sets basically. And push more comedy in New York is my next one. Um, keep a nice family relationship. Enjoy motherhood. Write better material. I'm on that in a big way. And how are you writing better material? Just I, by writing I think I'm just more? writing new. Just like just the newer more. material, it's going to be better because I'm a better comedian than I was when I wrote older material. Fair enough. I think that's true. You know, I've seen it actually. It's been happening. Yeah, I'm Before just... Before my eyes. Oh, thanks. I'm getting worse. I know, I know it. I know when I see it. I can say I'm, you know, not doing the things I need to do. I think it's because, I think it's because of what you're, I don't think you're getting worse, but I think you're getting comfortable. I think you've gotten comfortable because you've got jokes that really kill it. Yeah. And you've got a great feature set. Yeah. So when you have that, you're, I mean, you're in a great spot. Yeah. You are, you know? but then it's And like, if you, but, and if you get hired to do more feature sets... Which is the spy re where you're at? You're kind of not that into like going to open mics. Yeah. Especially with your job, going to open mics and trying shit that's gonna. I'm doing it. I got back. a bunch of spots this week. Some feature and some that are just gonna be workout ones. Mm -hmm. and shout out to Jack Coleman for you know helping me Jack do Coleman. more stuff in terms of uh, you know regular spots. Cause hell, I need to be doing that. A yeah. place where it's you know harder yeah um than some of the other things i've been involved with do you have big spots this week going on i do i'm at, speaking of jack coleman i'm doing a showcase on friday at shaw's tavern nice. general shaw's chicken showcase so you guys can come see me there what about you do you have anything coming up yeah so that night i got summers that's a 20 minute thing oh nice in arlington wilson boulevard it's a guy named Brian Eck, I guess from Buffalo, mm. in New York. I've met a lot of Buffalo people recently. I had Andy Pitt last week for Shackleford, huh. and he's a Buffalo what? guy originally. But he's in New York City now. He's in New York. Oh, okay, City. okay. He's I was like, I was like, does Buffalo, New York, years. randomly have like a strong comedy scene or something? They have a small scene, I think, that just flies off the radar because huh. it's Buffalo. Right, I, right. You know, people don't go there unless they're going to Niagara Falls or... Is that what it's near? I, I don't know. I don't know yeah, much about Buffalo. close to Niagara Falls. Gotcha. And I've learned a little bit more about the region ever since the rise of Griselda out of Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay. My favorite rappers. And Niagara Falls, first of all, they have Niagara Falls, New York, but then Niagara Falls in Canada. And mm. apparently Niagara Falls, New York is a goddamn shithole. And they have like a huge crime rate oh like, really oh yeah terrible drug crime seems like for some reason it seems like a method type of 
Yeah. Niagara Falls give, gives me method vibes. Yeah. I don't know why. Casinos and then a fairly yeah. high suicide rate of people jumping off. Well, the I think it's like it's sort of that. like a travel destination for suicide. Yeah, but then there's even more interesting writings about it. How it's like looking at those falls induces a sort of trance-like state that maybe motivates people to jump or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, it's bizarre. And but if you look at videos of it, it's like you know you're kind of sitting there like hmm. Whoa. Kind of creepy. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> from Buffalo, New York, yeah. Brian Eck and Summers, I will be featuring along with Natalie McGill. Um, let's see. So Wednesday night, I'll be at the Capitol Cider House with Jack Coleman and the Capitol Laughs. Nice. Doing some comic roasting of sets. Um, and then tomorrow night, Sean Savoy's thing, Nottingham's out in Columbia, Maryland, 8 p.m. I don't hmm. know how long I'm you got a lot going on. You got a lot this week. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'll promote some of the little stuff I'm doing, too. I'm, I'm on Town Tavern on Thursday. Thank you, Jack Coleman. And tomorrow, Tuesday, that might be today, by the time you guys are listening to this. I'm at Beer Baron, if you guys want to come see that. Nice. I miss doing sets at that Beer Baron. It's just such a, like, club vibe. So dingy. Yeah. but But in a good way. Like, it's a good place to try new. I like doing new, new stuff there. Because yeah. you can't see the audience, so it gives you, I think, more courage to be like, I wonder if this works. And oh, if yeah. it doesn't, With you that can't bright see light, you feel like Van Damme in the end of Bloodsport after the guy throws smoke in his eyes and he's like blind. Have you seen that movie? No. My Van Damme movies are, I haven't seen that many, but I find him like one of the funniest action stars to ever live. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty... Uh pedestrian in terms of acting skills. Can yeah. you imagine that guy without being able to like beat the shit out of anyone? Yeah, I, I've just seen him at like nightclubs in the south of France or something. <laughs> like <laughs> Precisely. Mm-hmm. So uh that's good. So we got our goals lined up, we got our things popping. What else right. is going on topically? Top I mean twenty twenty is a big year. We have I mean the elections this year. Yeah. So what are you thinking? I think it's gonna be Bernie and I think Bernie, and I think, yeah, and I think Bernie is the only one who has a real chance against Trump. Really? How I personally feel about Bernie is different. Mm-hmm. But I think if the Democrats want to win, I kind of think that's their only horse. And if they can beat him, if, if Bernie can beat Trump, I'm not even sure. But I think he's the only one who has a chance. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly, every day is different. Um, I have this terrible feeling that he's going to get reelected, and I, feel I think that's that I think that's the, the most probable. Democrats unfortunately. eat their own all yeah. the time, um, you know. And, and that's I've, a good way to put it. Put it. They do eat their own. You know, yeah. everybody that comes up, you know, it's all these criticisms, like everything we can find wrong about them. But it's like, hold on, look who they're going up against. Just think about who can yeah. beat him. Right. Are we going to do that or are we going to do the opposite? That's the thing. Right. Like it definitely felt like back in the day with Bush running, everybody attacked him. And that was the criticism that was being leveled against them. was like, oh yeah, all they do is spend time Bush bashing when they should be figuring out the best candidate for the job. Right. So I don't know if now is just a consequence of them not doing that before or if it's just the fact that you get social media and everyone can draw up an article or at times someone said something objectionable and they can go through it with a fine-tooth comb and just fucking 
barrage yeah. them down with yeah. anything. I don't know. I, I don't have great answers. And I'm also not, I'm confused as to what the Democrats are actually going to do once whoever the person is, if they get elected, gets in, in terms of reorganizing the base, getting constituents to go out and canvas to win midterms, to get the mm. Congress and the House blue, to right. figure out, to learn civics about state legislatures and redistricting and how the shit works. You yeah. know, it has to be a marathon job, politics. It can't just totally. be sound bites and everybody oh. just thinking they know what it is like in the heat of the moment. Totally. And that's something that, that's why I never could get into that world. Like I worked in politics briefly and mm-hmm. there weren't enough people I felt willing to do the due diligence. No, well, because so much of politics is just a fight to get reelected. It is. It is. You know? It and totally that people is. don't really focus on the issues. They'll, like, pick an issue that's most likely, if they fix, most likely to get them reelected. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a huge... I mean, there's so many problems in our system in general, and it's so much more complex. Like, that's one thing that living in D.C. I've realized is that everything is so much more complex than... I ever thought like in California everything seems very black and white mm-hmm. and you can seem very like Republicans are bad Democrats yeah. are good <laughs> and that's how it works right that was but like then, Facebook before November 2016 yeah exactly it was just like a cheering section all day and then right. Trump gets elected and you're like holy fuck I just don't know anybody on the other side right right you know? right yeah I think that was a little bit where I was at and then now you know, I realize it's a much more complicated issue, and even if a Democrat does win, will that Democrat be able to get anything done? Yeah. You know, can the Senate ever go blue? Who knows? I mean, the nice thing is, is if the Democrats do win, there definitely is a blue Supreme Court justice that will go through, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. But other than that, I mean, there's a lot going on. But, I mean, as election-wise, I think... Only someone as extreme as Trump on the other side could possibly take him on. Yeah. Right? I just feel like that's where we're at. That's why when Bloomberg came out, I was kind of like, all right, cool. This will be our billionaire. Right, he's right. He's going to put in all these fucking ads. And now he's getting nope. decimated. I nope. mean, Warren did that job yeah. on him at that fucking debate. And then not to mention, I guess today, he was in the news again because his headquarters in Flint uh got vandalized and someone put a big eat the rich sign and uh, then they went and took a twitter thing and you know showcased it as an example of how we can be better and more civil as like americans but it's right. like guess what they even had clean water in fucking three years like yeah. your ads could have paid for, for new infrastructure or something word. like that you know so word. which is a perfectly legitimate complaint but i'm also sitting there like i wonder if Sad as it is for me to say this, and it'll sound awful, like, what are the people in Flint going to even fucking vote anyway? Like, I think they may be so disenfranchised and disillusioned with the whole political process that they may not show up even. Maybe, or they're the most motivated, you know? It's it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to be right in the middle. I, I feel like... Because, hey, they... Um, Michigan in general is really important. I mean, Michigan is super, super divided. We lost it last yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. It's super important. Yeah, one of my best friends lives in Michigan, and she was. She told me, I remember around November 2016, she was like, you can't talk politics here because everybody 
is so one of the other side. Everywhere yeah. you, you know, it's imp- everyone just avoids it. Same with Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. They'll tell you, oh, we got this populist tradition of all Democrats. Nope. Mm-hmm. You got it at the University of Wisconsin, where I went. Right. But you go outside those uh, cornfields and mm-mm. Well, that's what a lot, I mean, California is generally really, really blue, but there's a lot of California that's not. Like, there's a lot of California that's like farmer style, Trump supporter, missing tooth. Yep. 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 Type of thing. So, I don't know. I don't know if we're doomed for another four years or. We probably are. That's my safe money bet, I think. Yeah. I think most, that's the most likely unfortunate event, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year as far as that goes. Yeah. If anybody, any of our listeners wants to bet me two to one odds. Oh, yeah, there we go. We're taking bets for the election. Uh, Hit up Petey Steele on yeah. Steelborn DC at Instagram. Just yeah. DM me. I don't do Venmo. We'll have to meet up. <laughs> give you a free ticket You don't ticket do Venmo? Show. Fuck no. Why? That's something I should get more sophisticated about, too. Let me just acknowledge that. Um, it's just easy. It, yeah, I just worry about the tax element of it, though. Like, don't you get a W-2 from Venmo's no, or no? No, Sooner or later, they're going to track it, right? Maybe, but it's like, it's. I think they're, it's small dollars. Like, I think there's an amount limit on Venmo that you can do. I think it's like 6000 is the Yeah, thing. yeah, I think Not there's a I'm limit. Not danger of making necessarily that from Yeah, it's, it all, I mean, you're, it's usually like 100 bucks here for this or, you know, like... 25 here. Right, there, right, yeah. right. It's like you go to, you go out to dinner with friends and you just put the check, you just Venmo it. Venmo you know what I mean? Shit yeah. like that. Yeah, I should probably stop being such a dinosaur, but I feel it's part of my rustic appeal. <laughs> rustic appeal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm surprised. I mean, Use Venmo, still, goal of 2020. Yeah, it's the only way I can become a Democrat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, but that's so. All right. So, like, okay, so watching CNN right now, Sanders now front runner in South Carolina and Super Tuesday here. What do you think happens in South Carolina? Do you think he goes or does Biden get a resurgence? I think he's going. I yeah. think he's it. This is it. The momentum's set. Yeah, I think he's it. I mean, maybe he might have like a little bit, but Biden has just has not been doing well the whole time. Yeah, no, he is. I think he may be over the hill long. The yeah, team. I think Buttigieg has a better chance than Biden at this point. Yeah, that was kind of weird last night when we were watching that fake debate over at uh, the draft house between yeah. uh, James and Domi and. What is it? Anthony, Anthony Aduk- I don't know how to, yeah. how to pronounce his last name. Playing, uh, you know, Sanders and, um, and Trump. Trump. There was some kid in the audience I ran into in the bathroom with a peach shirt on. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's like, what? A respect guy? You know? Yeah. Random. I was like, leave it to Democrats. Right. Leave their own like that. Right, yeah. Who, <laughs> even, even with bread and circus. Right. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he he has a better chance than than Biden at this point. But no doubt, no doubt. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Where are we at? So we're at thirty five minutes. Oh damn. Yeah. That's our our famous time slot. We're we're about a half hour. About that, but mm-hmm. we do have other things uh, to discuss, namely. Oh. The Arlington Cinema Draft. Oh house. hey, let's discuss it. Yeah yeah on. Uh, this coming week, or this week, the 27th and 28th, 7.30 and 10 on, or no, excuse me, 28th and 29th, 
28th, Friday, 7.30-10, we have the great Michael Ian Black. Ooh. And 7 and 9.30 on the 29th, same guy, Arlington mm -hmm. Cinema Draft House. To get at us for a chance to win three free tickets, mm -hmm. please follow us at CounterCurrentsDC on Twitter or uh, Instagram or Facebook. Um, additionally, <laughs> at the DC Draft House on the 28th and 29th at 7 and 9 p.m., we have the great Mike Kaplan. So, Let's look, she's excited about Mike Kaplan. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, for another chance to win some free tickets, hit us up on all those different platforms. And we named our spots for the week, right? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. So, anything else you want to say? No, just come see us, and uh, we're going to kick ass 2020. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're going to kill it. And that's another goal that we got to have for 2020 is countercurrents is just going to get better and better. We're going to have greater guests on, better you know, guests. any feedback you guys have yeah. of stuff you want to see in 2020, stuff you want to hear in 2020. Send me hate mail. Yeah. Anything. I don't have kids, so I have time to fight. Right. Pedial check it. Yeah. <laughs> you can send yeah. it directly to me. You don't even yeah. have to bother our GM with it or anything. You right. Send it to the Steelborn DC account and... Oh, yeah. she's sad. Aww. She heard hate mail. Yeah. So fuck that. No, no hate mail. <laughs> mm -hmm. But nonetheless, do that, and um, yeah, we'll we'll figure some things out. We're going to be doing a uh, countercurrent showcase. We are. We're going to start it this March. Yeah, that's a 2020 goal that we have that we're going to do. We're going to start making this. We're taking this on the road. That's right. At DC Draft House, we're going to start doing a monthly showcase. So stay tuned for more details on that. Indeed. So, where can they follow you, Elena? Elena Blondita on Instagram. That's the main place I live. And Elena Torres everywhere else. That's Twitter, Facebook, websites, whatever you want to look for. But Elena Blondita is the main place you'll find my content. All right. Peace. Bye.